Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. There's no better way to cure that New Year's hangover than with the dulcet tones of the E-League Report, the best damn eSports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, and I'm coming at you live to tape in a half-assed attempt to fulfill our contractual obligation over the holidays. We continue our recap of 2018 with what was one of the biggest surprises of the year, the lack of Korean dominance at the League of Legends World Championship. While most years have us debating which South Korean organization will win, we instead found ourselves debating whether the winner would be from China, Europe, and even North America. We're going to move on to the meat of the show, which is League of Legends and Worlds, and I don't even know where to start, other than... Well, we you, can... you, you start by burning any kind of... Uh, uh, any kind of bracket that you had yes, that had there are a two people, team anyway. two people in the world's pickums as of yesterday that had their brackets still at 100 percent a 50 50 chance two now. two people and those people are probably like that girl at your office who just picks based on the colors of the jerseys that she likes you know and, and the other one's a, the dog the office dog <laughs> one of those ones you see on youtube that's like pick which team i run into the dog bowl and they go and they yeah they pick it's pretty much that. there's like a like an octopus with some like ping pong balls yeah, but- yeah and there's a goat i don't know they all do crazy stuff so at the beginning of Worlds, you and I went through our usual cynical cycle. We were like, oh, this could be the year, but it's probably not going to be the year that NA breaks through or EU breaks through. Maybe, and you and I predicted, maybe this would be the year China finally surpasses Korea. And as it stands at this current moment, they have the least chance of any region. Well, they have equal chance to NA, but least, you know, low, tied for lowest chance to take it away. And you and I would have never in a million years predicted that this would be what the final four looks like no no i mean historically uh, so first off this is the first time that korea has not made it to the semifinal round uh or has just basically just <laughs> not gone this far um since they they've they've had worlds um this it, i think the 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 point that it should be made here is that Korean teams didn't cannibalize themselves. So they didn't knock themselves out. No, not Every, this time. Everybody who is in the semifinals, um, you've got Cloud9, Fnatic, Invictus Gaming, G2. All of them had to go through a Korean team to get there. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't two Korean teams knocking each other out and they right, right. had a less of a chance. They had just as much chance as anybody else, and they just they didn't make it. No, no. So Invictus took out KT Rolster, the best team in Korea. G2 took out Royal Never Give Up, favorites to win the entire tournament out of the LPL. Cloud9 took out Africa Freaks, and Fnatic took out Edward Gaming. It is just insane. And that's not even to talk about teams like Gen G, the former Samsung Galaxy team, that finished fourth in their group. Like, this is insane to me. I am stoked. This is the first Worlds where I feel like anybody can freaking win it. I have no idea. It's not going to be a Korean team, finally. There is a chance it will be an EU team. Seven. 
Look at me for a second. I know. There is a chance. There is a better chance than any other region that it will be an EU team. This <laughs> this is this is, somebody's gonna have to kick me. I'm like like Am six, I drunk? I, I'm six levels deep right now. Somebody's gotta kick out the chair from underneath me because like things are getting loopy here. But no, it's it's what is amazing is that going into this, uh, everybody assumed North America was just done for, right? Cloud9 yep. had gone from 10th place to the finals of the LCS, had a shaky finals even, yep. won it, uh, and then get through the um, get through this get thrown into the group of death, make it out of the group of death, and here they are sitting at the semis with two rookies. I know two rookies. Gen G, Team Vitality, and Royal Never Give Up were all in Group B with Cloud Nine. Take that in for a second. <laughs> and and they're not. Who, who's left? I, I mean, so let's look at this, right? So where we are at the current moment, we're going to have G2 Esports and against Invictus and Cloud9 versus Fnatic. Cloud9 has a really damn good shot at making it to finals. We could have right. an EUNA finals. We could have an all EU finals. That's that's crazy talk. Crazy talk. And we, you and I are very guilty of giving the EU LCS a lot of shit. But... And this is just a random aside. We do not need to go down this rabbit hole. But how good would it be for EU LCS franchising numbers if we get an all EU LCS finals? Well, how much does the value of EU LCS go up even now where we're at? It is now far more legitimate of a purchase than it was based on results earlier up until we got to Worlds. Yeah, I mean, do you, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you just like auto include any kind of franchising to Fnatic and G two at this point? If they're not already, I'm assuming they're already in, anyways. But still, like, it's just, uh, do they even have to fill out a form like for this magical run? But let's let's um, let's look at the the, the difference here, though. G two has to go up against Invictus. I feel like that. I, I, Cloud9 dodged a bullet there because I feel like yep. Invictus is super, super strong. I, in all honesty, I see Invictus in at the end, and Cloud9 Fanatic is going to be tough. If Sneaky shows up, and it, it, and if uh, Cloud9 plays like they played against Africa, like there is a strong. They 3 0'd Africa, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's not right. That, those words don't happen. Those is technically. I'm not reversed. making that up, folks. And it's just nuts. It's nuts. Um, uh, I was watching some of the stuff, uh, some of the highlights earlier, uh, just at least on the last match. Well, I was watching last match, but I was watching highlights in general. But like that Baron steal by Licorice at the end, where he just basically just just punches it straight up, punches Baron at the end with Orin, like, simply because uh, Africa chose to focus on Licorice, and he just decided I'm not hitting anything but Baron, <laughs> and so they end up getting that steal when they shouldn't have. It was, I think, uh, I think they're already down like two. I think it was like a five v three, and they were just like, okay, they've retreated. We're automatically, just going to hand over a Baron to Afrika, and then somehow they come back and steal. It made no sense, but they just had so many things there. And I think one of the things they talk about is like Korea has historically always set the meta, right? Yep. Which has been the challenge for non-Korean teams, the Chinese getting the closest, which is trying to figure out the strange Korean-led dynamic meta that tends to happen at Worlds. Right. And what happened, I think, with Cloud9 is that they just basically gave over 
the top line pick, right? And they went a little strange with some of their top line choices, but they gave over that top line picks and they just countered everything else. So they almost handed over one lane, but they're causing so much hell in all the other lanes that uh, Africa was just behind for the entire time. Yep. Some it just their picks and, and how they've been playing. Now Sneaky had a, a, a shaky. Was it quarterfinal? No. Uh, like the final, like in the group stage. I think he had a shaky group stage, but man, he was alive here at the end. And I still, I mean, come on. Licorice. I, I just, I don't know. Or, you should have brought the Cloud9 shirt today because you, so, you are Homer in it right now. In 100% transparency, I was late because I was looking for it. Oh, so now I know what was up. You were like, I have to wear it. I have to represent I was, I was like, I mean, I, I have my Spitfire hat on, so I'm kind of adjacently supporting. But no, I was 100% looking for it, but I'm in the middle of moving, so it's in a box somewhere. Uh, but I'm like, ah, oh. and I was like, screw it, I'm just going to buy one. I was already on, like, if you look at my phone, I think it's actually the hoodie that's up on my on my phone right now. Uh, anyways, yeah, so Cloud9 is going to get more money out of this for me. But it's, this, is, this is an awesome run, though. This no, is just, amazing you have run. to get behind this. But we also have to talk about G2 for a minute, because G2, let's talk about... Royal Never Give Up, Spring Split winners, MSI winners, Summer Split winners, and G2 beats them. Uh, Royal Never Give Up literally just had to... They should have won this tournament. This was their year. They had everything going for them. And for G2 to come out of effectively nowhere i'm sorry but if it's an eu lcs team we're saying effectively out of nowhere royal never give up went five and two top their group like they were rolling and g2 took them out and g2 is not even the top seed out of europe isn't this a, isn't g g2 is the one that had it was it not last year was it was it last year? They were talking about like maybe not even having enough money because they didn't get in. They applied for uh, uh, NALCS, didn't get in, and we're talking about the fact that they may not even have the money to continue going on, or it's not worthwhile. And he, now here they are. Like they were on board to like possibly just tank it. Uh, it might have been two years ago, but they were just they were tanking pretty hard. And now here they are. Yeah, they and, went out in Group C last year with a three and three record up against RNG. And Samsung Galaxy. So, they. I mean, this is this is not at all what we expected. No, not at all. It, 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 on all honesty, it might have actually been uh, the fact that they they've lost previously to RNG. They are an EU team, and RNG may not have just focused or given them the benefit of the doubt that they they should have, because obviously it snuck up on them. And definitely, in doing so, we have. The most like so often the script has been flipped in this in this world of it, and this is amazing. If you talk about like uh, the numbers, the numbers right now that the the LCS is seeing or that uh, Riot is seeing now for Worlds is, is topping the charts, and this is coming on the heels of yeah. It's because it's interesting. It's we know something it's going to happen. It's not teasing us for the first time in years. Every year, it's like. Maybe this will be the year, won't long. You know, whether it's the TSM narrative, whether it's the end of the Faker era, whether it's the LPL finally being the LCK, it is all happening. And in a way, none of us ever expected. And it is drawing in, as you mentioned, an audience on Twitch larger than they've seen for Worlds. It's amazing. And this is what this is what Riot and League of Legends as an esport needed. We needed a oh, Worlds yeah. that drew in people other than Korea. That really, and again, you know, I can't stop talking about the fact 
that this is perfect timing. We come out of the first franchise NALCS season. We're about to head into the first franchise EU LCS season. And we have three of the four teams from those two regions. We have the Chinese market, which is massive for Riot, that now has an LPL team that is likely going to make it to the finals or has a very damn good shot of doing it. This is the best narrative that Riot could have hoped for in Worlds. And we are talking 1.81 million hours watched on October 14th. One day. Holy crap. This is amazing. It, it, it is truly, uh, if, if Riot at the beginning of just the beginning of time of Riot could have said, Hey, what is the best case scenario we could ever look for in the terms of a world event? Boom, right here. The closest they've gotten. Well, so they beat this only once at 1.88 million back in April, but it required both the spring finals for EU and the spring finals for NA on the same day. Took two separate final regional finals of the spring split to surpass what one day of worlds was able to do. That's craziness. This is craziness. Absolutely what, crazy. Crazy world we live in. It is the upside down. I'm telling you. Uh, so we have to talk a little bit, and this is not about the teams that are currently left in the tournament, but the one that is no longer for the NA, which is 100 Thieves. Now, 100 Thieves was getting a fair amount of criticism already back during the world's play-ins phases, near the end of the summer split of NALCS, people were already predicting there was going to be a problem, and they didn't necessarily want 100 Thieves to represent the NA. Now, to be clear, NA always has one of the three teams that is weak. Ironically, it's often TSM that doesn't make it very far, and it's Cloud9 that always surprises us and goes further. This time it was 100 Thieves, but for some reason, 100 Thieves is getting it far worse than any of the other NA teams have when they've fallen out of Worlds. People, it's like they had already built this narrative up in their head, and they're like, well, they fell out like we expected them to, and just unloaded on them. Reddit has just like lost their freaking mind on 100 Thieves. Well, I think Reddit lost their mind a long time ago on a lot of things. And what's funny, whoa, whoa, I, 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 I do not agree with anything that he's saying. Reddit, just be nice. <laughs> no, no, I I'm on Reddit all the time, but there's definitely times when people jump on a bandwagon, and they want to feel like they've been wronged in some way, shape, or form, or, or um, that there's some kind of conspiracy thing or whatever going on. And I get that. Hundred these hasn't been the most transparent with some of their moves, like Medios and the benching of players, right? Like the the trading of Medios was just weird, and then having to bench players on on top of it, and, and you're throwing in rookies from like your next tier team, and you're like, why? It, it's because they're just not good at relaying those the inner workings of stuff. And as they had mentioned, like Nate had mentioned, like we don't want to throw things out there because. Uh, it give you the inner working of roster changes or who's benched and who's doing what because we want to protect players. We want to protect coaching, like just the integrity of everything. And we yep. get it, right? And I think people just wanted to look for a scapegoat. I think they were they were gearing up for this because they knew NA wasn't going to make it very far is what the assumption was. And like you yep. mentioned, Cloud9 ends up being the outlier a lot of times. Which, and TSM, which happens every year. Right. And TSM didn't make it. So that everybody's already feeling like, well, NA has no shot. Just I'll to be damned. For perspective, 2017 group stage, Cloud9 squeaks by at 3-3 three and three to take second in Group A. TSM out in third in Group D. Immortals fourth in Group B. And they had a stronger showing, technically speaking, this season than they did last season. And we gave TSM some shit, to be clear, but not to the degree that we have decided to unload on 100 Thieves. And that's what bothers me. Is like, yes, they've screwed up. But I would say, arguably... 
what TSM did was worse because they blew it with what was a very solid squad that had dominated most of the season. We were used to the inconsistency of 100 Thieves. That is not a new narrative to Worlds. Right. And if you also look at it, too, I think somebody brought up a good point. It's like everything that people were kind of criticizing uh, 100 Thieves about, Cloud9 essentially did the same thing. But the thing is, is Cloud9's winning, right? And so and Cloud9 is a more established brand than 100 Thieves. And so a lot of people are saying, like, this is the downside of franchising. You get these people in here that don't know how to run orgs, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. I mean, they, they're not new to esports. No. This isn't like... Mainshot's a longtime veteran. <laughs> right, right. This isn't... Uh, this isn't somebody coming. This isn't like Comcast coming in and being like, "Yes, we've got a team. We love this e-gaming stuff." And you're like, "Wait a minute, damn it, we're so screwed." No, I mean this is it's the baseball jerseys. This what throws people off. It it probably is. It throws a lot of people. If off. they ditch those baseball jerseys, I'd own some hundred thieves merch. If I'm being honest, I've seen a lot of those things at conventions. Which I just is, don't. I don't like the look. And I, and I think the reason why they stand is because they look like baseball jerseys. I'm like, what's sports ball doing here? <laughs> I don't have a stick. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't really know what the hell I was talking about, but uh, whatever. I, it, 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 it shouldn't be. It, Damn it, the, Reddit. The hate, Find something else to spend your time. The hate towards 100 Thieves isn't uh, worthwhile. I mean, this is a a a new team that has made it this far. Like, why, why are people being like, holy crap, the rookie team has made it this far? Instead, they're like, oh, we're so screwed because of it. It's because... 100 Thieves or whoever took 100 Thieves' spot was not going to be our best chance at Worlds. If this was TSM, we'd be in the same boat. They'd have their, what, I think their third, fourth straight out in third place in a group stage because that's what they do every season. So don't think that if we put Bergson and crew in this seat that somehow we would have a different narrative. We'd be in the same spot. History right. stating this is what happens. Cloud9 figures it out somehow. We've just gotten lucky that that somehow has lasted much farther into the tournament than we're used to. And if you look at the group that they're in, too, like TSM wouldn't have made it out of that group either. Oh, no. No. Not a chance. Not the way they've been playing this season. No, no. Is so, it Victus and Fnatic? Fnatic went 6-1. and one. What was right. D- I mean, what was TSM going to do? I mean, if you look at it, we're in the semis, and two people that came from that group are in the semis. Yep. So, yeah. uh, Nope. Sorry, TSM. 100 Thieves, yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. Liquid, 100 Thieves. I think if you would have put Cloud9, if I'm, being, if I'm being transparent, I think if you would have put Cloud9 in that group instead of 100 Thieves, it might have been harder. I don't know the Cloud9 would have made it out of there because they had a diff. I mean, they definitely like Team Vitality and Gen G. Don't get me wrong, like Gen G, you know, former Samsung Galaxy, former World Champions. Like that should have happened, but I do think Group D turned out to be a much harder group than people anticipated compared to Group B. Yeah, especially yeah, if you're an NA team, yeah. <laughs> just in general, yeah, if you're an NA team. And while we didn't get our dream All Western final, China did bring home their first Summoners Cup since the inaugural edition of Worlds. Next up, Cloud9 had one of the most successful years in esports history, and they kicked off their string of victories across a multitude of games with their win at the E-League Boston Major way back in January. That Boston Major, holy shit. <laughs> like the entire time I'm sitting in a restaurant and I, I just I had to have like I was just pounding beers. I was like freaking out because I was like, come on, Cloud9, come on, come on. Because everybody who listens to the show knows I'm a Cloud9 fan. And uh, I thought for certain, oh, it's typical Cloud9. They're out 0-2. This is it. We're done. Uh, and then, holy shit, we're in a final. <laughs> like, we're in the final. We can do it. But I can't imagine being there. You were there. Let's talk about yeah. that, Kevin. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, funny thing is, I think everybody became a Cloud9 fan, you know, once they came back from that uh, O2 deficit. And um crazy thing happened in Boston. 
the old Cloud9 you thought you once knew is gone. It's a brand new team. And as, as uh, you know, Skadoodle Tyler Latham said, it's the new era of Cloud9. And they proved it. And they showed the world that, you know, you make a couple of roster changes and you get a lot of these young guys that are very talented, very skilled. And I'm going to age myself here. <laughs> they, and there's a movie, Iron Eagle, came out in the 80s. Lewis Gossett and, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I will tell you, these guys have the Iron Eagle. They have <laughs> no fear. They fear nothing. Uh, Tarek and Rush have just brought such a new feel to this squad that it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the stage. These guys are going to take care of them. And I can't tell you what we talked about before their finals, but uh, it, it was really funny. I'll tell you that. But I tell you what, Boston became the home of cloud nine for that entire weekend. And it was a sight to see. I, yeah, man, I have no, uh, no idea like how they pulled it off. Well, <laughs> because I mean, again, very much a cloud nine fan talked about it quite a bit on the show. Uh, I, I, I wear the, the shirt. I'm there watching them. Uh, and I, I swear when they, when nothing and shroud stepped out of that roster and they brought in Tarek and rush, I was super skeptical. Now I know that Tarek and rush did great e-league season two back on optic. Like they were, they were quality, but when they lost Stanislaw, it, they seemed to not do well. Right. And so once Stanislaw went optic kind of fell apart. And so then I'm super skeptical. Like, well, it, Tarek and Rush, like really, but they complement each other so well. They fit so well in this team. And let's talk a little bit about the fact that like, they've taken shot calling away from Stewie and given it to Tarek. And I think it, the the final is a perfect example of two different types of shot callers, Kerrigan and Tarek. And it's quite obvious that Tarek's style was just on point and, and really won them that game. Just tore people up. Even against SK, was just tearing people up. As a shot caller, you don't see that normally. Oh, yeah. Well, look, backing up just a little bit, just so you know, you know, when, when Stan left, um, although it created a vacuum at Optic and Optic played very poorly, that was the beginning of the greatness for Rush and Tarek. It allowed them to be who they wanted to be. And although, you know, the results for Optic weren't there and that team imploded, once um, Shroud and uh, Nothing were benched on the Cloud9 side of things, you know, I talked to Valens a little bit and he said, man, we had our eyes on those two for so long. We think that they were going to be really, really good. And once they got brought over, and I think you'll note, you know, Stewie never wanted to be the in-game leader. He just right. wants to brag. Yeah. He just wants to go out there and get after it. And the funny thing is, is I think you nailed it. Tarek, as much as he's a crazy person, you know, outside of CSGO, uh, he, he knows when to slow down the play. I mean, Cloud9 rushed and went fast in this North American style, almost reckless at times. But he saw that. And he slowed down when he needed to. He forced when he needed to. And uh, he he's a smart guy, and he gets it. And uh, with Rush by his side, I really feel like um, they feel invincible as a duo. No joke. Yeah, absolutely. And you you called it out like Tarek's style was very much 
uh, being up front, almost like an, almost in a lot of ways, an entry frag. Like he was always in the middle of everything. And if you look at like just his general amount of kills, his KDA, even like it's considerably higher than than you know someone who's sitting back making the calls, uh, like like Kerrigan. I mean, you look at like he just outfragged him completely, and that's because he's up front and he's he's getting the information. He's in the face, and also he's making the. Uh, he's making the aggressive moves and he's and he's pulling back and making the rotations when he needs to based on what he's seeing. And he was getting that information before face uh, clan essentially could, or before any opponent really was uh, for the majority of, of the tournament. And it's weird because it didn't really happen it, until after they went 0-2. You look at him during 0-2 and his numbers sucked. And I was like, oh, man, Tarek, what is going on? Like, again, you, you default back to, he's just a streamer. He's not really that great, yada, yada, yada. Like, what, what's going on? He's no replacement for Shroud or nothing. And then he just turned it on. And he showed some amazing classes. He showed some amazing calls. People just couldn't handle Cloud9. What, what, what kept people in the game against Cloud9 was was clutches and the failure for Cloud9 to capitalize on those clutches in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, but overall, like shot calling wise, he was just so impressive. They were always like in your face. They were always on top of it. They made great rotations, some kind of crazy outlandish calls at times that just worked. And they were really uh, just the strongest version of Cloud9 I think I've ever seen, ever seen. Even the version that beat uh, SK Gaming in Brazil, still, they could have whipped that Cloud9's ass. Oh, for sure. And, you know, here's the difference. The difference really was, look, Jordan and Shroud and Tyler, uh, Skadoodle and Automatic, they all are very similar in their personalities in terms of their in-game. They're all very stoic. They're all very, uh, you know, refined and calculated. And that's exactly what Cloud9 was needing to get rid of. They needed to get rid of a couple of those. And they needed to bring some guys that are in your face. Because what happens is they will take the brunt of the punishment. And that actually allows, you know, uh, Automatic, Skadoodle, and Stewie to just play the game that they want to play that they need to play. Because now they can be themselves. They don't have to aggro. They don't, I mean, this was Skadoodle's best major ever yeah (laughs) that guy he was all over the place with that op and he you know he's the longest tenured member of cloud nine i i talked to him at length about this team and i'll tell you what the funny thing (laughs) funny story uh after after the quarterfinal win um we made sure that we put his uh what do you call it? His name tag in the middle of the stage as a joke, because we know that he doesn't like to talk and be the center of attention. So (laughs) we put his name tag in the middle, but he did um, a little beatbox for us right before. So that was fun. But Tyler uh, Skadoodle came into his own and he Tarek and rush allow him to be who he needs to be. And that is the strength of this cloud nine team Tarek and rush allow the other three to be who they need to be. 
Yeah, and I think we saw a lot of that. We saw, uh, you know, automatic uh, who's shown uh, a lot of uh, brilliance in the give past. Me an interview, by the way, that guy. Uh, oh, really? Automatic wouldn't. Oh, he oh, was. Man. He was salty, or just maybe it was superstition or something. But he was denying interviews left and right on the uh, quarterfinal final. It, so, in all honesty, like I, it's funny because like he had moments of brilliance. He had moments where he kind of felt like it was, it was kind of collapsing underneath. He wasn't pulling it off, and I've definitely seen him play better. Um, but he was surrounded by everybody who was just really at the top of their game, right? Like, uh, Skadaddy was rocking it. Uh, you, you know, you had Tarek who was just killing it. Rush was always seemingly there, right? And so they had, they were so aggressive uh, on rifles. They had such great, uh, entry frags. They were doing so well. They were always covering each other. They had great angles. Uh, their utility was, was amazing. Uh, and so they, they were just, it was just a cloud nine that I wasn't, nobody was used to seeing. Like nobody, even Fade was like, "Yeah, great, we're in cloud nine in the final. We got this." And they nearly dropped that first round, right? They nearly yep. dropped it on Mirage. Uh, it, it was really again cloud nine giving it up. I think they were up what eight one at one point in time, nine one, uh, and then coming back and lose it sixteen fourteen. And really, that's why I was like, "Oh, it felt like we had the quality. It felt like we had, but we're going to drop it." Um, but that whole thing just continued, and what it boiled down to was like Cloud Nine just started getting those clutch plays, right? Uh, Skidaddy was doing great, uh, and and you had uh, uh, even Stewie, like holy crap, like that double overtime, it, just he's holding down point B on Inferno, and he's in a corner with the op, and they're running three, it's like three on one, and he clutches it, like you. You just, I was like jumping up in a restaurant because it wasn't like six rounds beforehand, uh, or actually at the beginning of Inferno. He's got it's a pistol round, and he that same exact, exact setup, exact same spot, and he whiffs on all three people. I think he maybe tagged one half acidly, but he whiffs on all three, and they just turn and plow him down. And this time, I'm like, oh my god, he's in a corner with an op. There's three of them with rifles. This is done. This is done. And he's like, bam, bam, bam. That's it. And I'm like, He's a god. This is why I have a poster of him above my bed. <laughs> Holy shit, man. You have renewed my faith. But it was just uh, a scary moment. But they, oh, they were doing sure. that all game long. Oh, for sure. And think about it like this. This is not, again, this is not the same Cloud9 team. Think about it in terms of we've seen Cloud9 have some tight maps and then just implode on the next map if they didn't win it. <laughs> yeah, I right. mean. You know, these guys would just get something would get in their head. They just wouldn't perform. This is the most mentally tough cloud nine team you have ever seen. They don't care if they lose in terms of how they're going to perform the next map. It doesn't affect them. They still want to go out there and they're going to frag hard. They don't allow that kind of, you know, um, what would, what would you call it? lack of confidence seep into their heads? Right, right. They believe they're going to win every duel, every round, every map, every tournament now. And again, it's just that mindset that balance has helped create by identifying that in both Tarek and Rush. Yeah, and it's just been great. To be honest, though, uh, Tarek did say in an interview after the fact he was nearly losing his shit uh, on the last couple of like overtimes. Your yes, final, yeah, but look what happened. But they, yeah, they they, they held it crumbled. together. They totally didn't crumble. And so, but here's what's crazy: is like phase, um, phase. I think a lot of people, uh, probably eighty percent of the people, uh, at least pegged them to win it. 
If not, it's going to be an, a Phase SK final. Like I think even you and I had discussed this beforehand. Phase SK, that's where it's going to end up being because Phase is so hot right now. Uh, SK was even with a stand-in who's we'll t- we'll get to that in a minute it was still very 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 strong. Uh, nobody expected Cloud9. Cloud9 wasn't even on a rate radar, right? This was like maybe quarterfinal at best. That's my hope. Um, yeah. But Phase again, here they are. They're the uh, same boat Astralis was in for so long, right? Getting to the final, choking. It wasn't really a choke. They just got outplayed. They got out coat. They got out called on this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the breakdown was really on there, and they just kept doing the same thing over and over and over again, <laughs> in in a lot of scenarios on a lot of maps. And Cloud Nine were changing it up against them. And so, uh, where or how or w- how does Phase? get that major win what do they need to do what do they need to change to make that happen well for me um gosh i look sometimes you just get outplayed and i i just call it that uncontrollable athletic moment or the uncontrollable esports moment where a team is just playing so well that you know it's just really hard to beat them I think FaZe needed to win a couple more duels, and they needed to finish. I mean, there were too many clutches that they were allowing to happen um, uh, that lost them rounds that they needed to win. And I think if they would have stopped, you know, five to seven more clutches, I mean, look at how close these scores were, you know, they probably win the major. But, you know, Cloud9 pressured them. And, again, when Cloud9 didn't fold... You know, normally like they have done after, you know, a close uh, map loss. I, FaZe will tell you they weren't thinking about that. But I'll tell you what, as soon as the pressure continued on, um, that was when I knew Cloud9 was going to win this thing. And, uh, you know, FaZe Clan, for whatever reason, had no answer for Cloud9's clutches. Yeah, and it was strange, too, because, I mean, uh, Guardian was doing incredibly well Olaf Meister holy like there were times where you just you're just like yeah this is this is why he's a legend <laughs> right um it, they definitely they played well uh it, I, there wasn't really any markedly like oh they just they threw it they weren't doing great uh somebody was off it didn't really seem like that it just seemed like they were getting to the points later right they were making the rotations later they just always seemed to be a one step behind uh, but when it came to clutches, they were mostly winning them, but they were literally like two clutches away from winning this major. And, uh, but it's, it's crazy. The fact that, that cloud nine took them to that point or allowed to be allowed them to be taken to that point in, in general. And so I still think there's a lot there. I think Kerrigan, um, is a, a great in-game leader. I think he he knows his stuff. Well, um, I think this is going to be a, a learning experience for him. I think like, I don't think he's seen a team play this aggressively or make this wild, these wild of calls. I think what happens is you get in that kind of mode where you, you know, you've, you've got uh, such a long season that everybody kind of using the same strats over and over and over again. And it just becomes kind of automatic. And I think maybe he took that for granted, or maybe he assumed like, this is how cloud nine normally does things. Uh, but this is new. Maybe that worked uh, for Cloud9. It's the fact that they are different. Tarek is a different leader than what they've been used to or what they've been used to, what they've shown in the past. Um, I think it's going to be a learning experience for them. But I still think FaZe is still one of the one of the toughest teams out there. They they didn't show. I mean, this was this was probably the best major ever because it was three games 
think what like double OT. Uh, it was just insanity. It was so close. Everything was close. There was no blowouts. And uh, man, it, it just I I could watch twenty more just rounds of that. Like, it was just nuts. Cloud9 started the year with that E-League major victory and ended the year as the most valuable brand in esports, racking up titles in CSGO, Overwatch, Rocket League, and more. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can catch us every Monday and Thursday on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eleaguereport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're there, be sure to leave us a five-star review as it does help people discover the show and makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. We'll be back next week with our last best of edition of the E-League Report.